welcome to the show. It's Paul George, The Art of Living, right here in studio with the world famous Adam Conk. How you doing? Awesome. How are you, Paul? I'm great, man. I'm actually on an almond kick. You're eating an almond right now. I'm eating almonds. Congrats, man. I hear they're great for you. Yeah, do you like almonds? Like is a good word. I wouldn't go into like love or crave. Right. But like, yes. What's your favorite type of like snack food to eat? Gushers. <laughs> Gushers, really? You're such a kid at heart. I love that. Adam. I'm really into like like, you know, good good, good snacks. Yeah, not like sugar. But I do like like nuts, protein, you know, peanuts. No, just kidding. You know what I've been drinking a lot lately? What? Is uh these little V eight vegetable oh, fruit drinks. Gosh, that's I know, disgusting. Isn't that terrible? You can make a Bloody Mary with those. Oh really? Well, you didn't know that? No. But I do feel healthier. Do you know what a Bloody Mary is? You're such a I millennial. Do. I do know what a Bloody Mary is. Come on. The V8. I don't like Bloody Marys. I don't. Tomato juice, who who invented that? Yeah, it's not a fruit you want to make a the juice The only thing of. that like smushed tomatoes are good for is spaghetti sauce. And I was thinking that the other day. Whoever invented spaghetti sauce was brilliant. Yeah. Because Let's put some meat in that. It's one of the best <laughs> foods, honestly. Like uh-huh. it's simple, it's good. I can eat it all the time. It's halfway decently good for you. Oh yeah, you know, it's I mean, wonderful. Unless cooked you have, tomatoes are great for you. Unless you have, you know, those people who are trying to cut out carbs, but then you can do like spaghetti squash, right? Things like that. We like to use cauliflower. Cauliflower. You put mm-hmm. your spaghetti sauce really on on anything. Yep. When I was a kid, I would make a spaghetti sauce sandwich. I would take leftover spaghetti sauce and put it in between toasted bread. It's basically a sloppy joe. Must have been delicious. It's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Without the sloppy joe taste. Right. It's so more of the spaghetti. Like a sloppy Paul. Yeah, exactly. So uh, LeBron James is going to Tinseltown. Tinseltown meaning LA. Meaning Hollywood. That's wonderful. Yeah. I was just there like a week ago. Yeah, what were you doing there? I was getting things ready for LeBron. Really? Paving the way. Greasing the tracks. For the greatest <laughs> basketball player on the planet. Yeah. Adam Conk was there. You were yeah. on vacation in California. Yeah. Yeah. We, we visited some buddies of ours at uh, Carlo Broussard, who works for Catholic Answers mm-hmm. out there in San Diego. And he's from this area where I'm from. And so we're buddies. And so we stayed with him. It was a great trip. And yeah. And really, I didn't have anything to do with LeBron. I was, I was just joking. Yeah. But the word's out. You know, LeBron's going to LA. It's a big deal. If you keep up with sports, but you know, I was thinking like, um, you know, there was so much hype around the decision of mm-hmm. like where everybody's going with free agency and sports and whatnot. It it just kind of, I I would love to be behind the scenes on how decisions are made with like these big decisions on where people are going and where they're playing and how much money they're making and and whatnot. Well, I've never seen that kind of decision, but I'm trying to think of the biggest decisions I've ever seen be made. Right. And to be honest with you, I was surprised at how arbitrary it all seemed. Like, I wasn't confident that it was well thought out or, <laughs> like, yeah, like that makes a lot of sense. It was just kind of, well, I like this person or, you know, like, boom, lives changed forever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, decision, you know, at the end of the day, it's a very human thing, making decisions mm-hmm. and how to make decisions. Obviously, there's big decisions. I think oftentimes, like, what about in the church, like, when they elect a pope or a bishop? Mm-hmm. And then you drill down into like the actual like ways that they do this. Some of it's really cool, some of it's prayerful, and some of it's just very human. Yeah. Like like just very practical. 
yeah. actually. And you're like, really? Like, that's how you actually pick a bishop? You know, like you would think that it would be different, but. Yeah. Basically, it boils down to who would look great in the hat. <laughs> do, you, do you think there's like free agents in the church? Uh, Yeah, in a way. I think, I think some clerics might see themselves as such and kind right. of present themselves, you know, willing to play for any team. <laughs> yeah, or, or or worth more than they actually are, you know. The market value, you know, I want to move to this city, but Well, yeah. And us lay people do the same thing for working in the church, you know, it's it's um it, it it's interesting you mentioned decisions, you know, like the the older I get, the more I realize that the decision-making process really can have Christ involved and not just at a distance, but step by step. And that those decisions are the ones that I'm learning. I actually have confidence in. And sometimes you need that confidence because it's going to be hard to follow through with a decision. Maybe, you know, if it's job or something else and there's going to be struggles. So I've noticed that if I actually do that process well, it gives me a confidence through the difficulties of, you know, the outcomes of my decision. Yeah. So one of the questions I get a lot from people is about decisions that they should make in their life. You know, so even you and I will talk about decisions off air. Like you'll say, hey, I got this coming up. What do you think? You know, or I'll do the same thing, you know. But I get a lot of questions from people or a lot of one-on-one interaction with people where they're wanting advice or they want to know what to do with certain decisions. So decision-making is a very human experience. We all have to make decisions. Mm Mm-hmm. And I often think, like, what's the art of actually making good decisions? And then what's the actual art of discernment where we actually bring God into the picture and allow him to help us navigate it? And and sometimes we overcomplicate the spiritual side of things. Sometimes we underdo it. It's like, what's the middle ground between making good decisions and uh, at the same time, uh, going through a good process of discernment with some of those decisions, right? So you know, there's good decision-making and then there's good discernment, right? So, you know, discernment isn't necessarily, like good decision-making is like, um, you know, should I eat uh, almonds or gushers? (laughs) Just a random example. Random example. I don't know where I got it from, but like the the good decision, it's just a simple decision. I don't need to pray about that. The good decision Mm. is almonds is better for me. It's more healthy, right? But if you're visiting a group of happy nuns and they offer you a snack... And it's gushers, you should eat the dang gushers. Well, if they offered it to you, right? right. But a good decision is like, you know, it, you know, do I go out and get drunk or do I not? Right. Right. Like that that's just the ability to make a good decision, to be wise and virtuous and say, well, it's obvious which one's the good decision. So uh, a bad decision maker is just someone that the scripture calls a fool. And a fool is simply someone who knows what they're doing is wrong, but they choose to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So a fool doesn't it it's not like a fool doesn't know right and wrong. A, a fool just chooses to do wrong. They're they're bad at decisions because they want to be. They they want to be foolish in their decisions. And so, like, if I think back of all the foolish things that I've done in my life, even silly things, you know, where, you know, dares or things I'm like, yeah, whatever, I don't really care. The reality is I knew what I was doing was silly, but I chose to do it anyway. I was very foolish, so at times in, in decision-making, it, it's just very black and white. This one's obviously a good decision, and this is really foolish. Yeah. And then the Christian decision is is this idea of, Lord, where are you leading? Because he always leads us. And that's, the, that's why decisions is always going to be a part of this, is right. that he's always leading us to somewhere. 
either it's somewhere deeper into our relationship we're already in, like our marriage or our friendship or at work or somewhere new. Like he's always leading us into something. And so there is definitely an art. Jesus says, you know, my sheep know my voice. Right. They hear my voice and they follow me. Like there is a way to, we have to become accustomed to that voice in our life. Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, I don't know how LeBron went about making his decision. Right, he had a lot of options. Yeah, he didn't he, consult with me. He, first. he didn't call me, but I don't know who he consults with, and and whatnot. And I don't, I don't know how much he prays about those things. But one of the things I want to talk to you in the next about in the next segment on this show is the art of decision making, the mm-hmm. art of real decision making and true discernment. And how do we go through a good process so that at the end of it, uh, we know that we've made the best decision we could, and uh, we're we're adding. We're asking God to lead us in that process. Sounds awesome. Man, you should have done this before LeBron made the deal because yeah. he might have changed his mind. He might have listened to the show. Anyway. I think he does. It's Paul George, The Art of Living. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a health care sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul George here. Great to be with you. The Art of Living. Adam Conk sitting over there. I get to still talk. Yeah, this we. Crazy. Yeah, so I'm. we're interviewing each other on the show today. So anyway, uh, did you know that there's an NBA player by the name of Paul George? Oh, I know. And it's really awkward for me, honestly, because now, no matter where I go and speak, so the last two weekends I've been somewhere. I was in Dallas, Texas, speaking at a conference, and then from there... I went to Ohio, um, Steubenville, Ohio, to speak at a conference, and now I'm home for a week, and then I'll, I'll be back out. I'm going to New York. Blur. Everywhere I go, people make the joke. Are you that Paul George? And I'm like, listen, <laughs> I'm probably 20 years older than the other Paul George. I don't know. But twice as handsome. And we have nothing in common. <laughs> Height, maybe? No. No, no, no. He's He's got a few inches on me, even in height. Wow. Age, you know, he's taller, he's darker, he's more handsome, more money. We have we really have nothing in common. <laughs> <laughs> We're human. Maybe you can ask him to change his name. God created us. We love each other because of that. Um, but anyway, every, everywhere I go, you know, and literally people will ask me just in joking with, which is like, what what decision are you going to make during free agency? And I'm like, seriously, you guys are out of control. So Paul George, the basketball player, decided to stay in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, he's got a cool uh, team, the Thunder. I like that mascot. You do? Yeah, man. It's ominous, big, thunder. The thunder. It's better than like the raptors, which are like an extinct animal. Well, that's because in the... Oklahoma area, they have these huge storms and mm-hmm. tornadoes. I guess that's where they get that from. Makes sense. The thunder rolls. It does. Yeah. So anyway, the the art of decision making, you mm-hmm. know, in a sense that, you know, oftentimes 
when we have a decision in front of us, how do we make a good decision, right? And then which decisions are really need to be prayerful? So let, let's talk about that for a minute because I get a lot of these questions. So if we're prayerful people, like if we're following Jesus, then we have to believe that every decision we make is is based in that relationship with God, right? So there's some de- decisions that are very obvious. I don't need to necessarily pray about the decision. I just know that my life and that decision is coming out of prayer, right? So, um, you know, do I, you know, tell the truth to my wife or do I lie? I mean, the good decision, right, is... It's not a hard one. It's not a hard one, right? Um, so I know the right thing to do. I need to choose to do it. If if my life is living in prayer, then the, the temptation to lie kind of goes away and I just choose the good, mm. right? What happens is when we're not basing our life in prayer and relationship with Jesus, we're very tempted to do the foolish thing in decision-making, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, should I Should I drink too much? Or should it, you know, drink in moderation? You know, if I'm not living a life in relationship with the Lord, it's very easy to make the foolish decision. Well, I think you touched on something that really is not obvious, is that the most fundamental decision of life, of whether to follow the Lord or not, has an effect on every single other decision, every right. single one. Right. And um, how do you... How do you get people that are struggling with that decision to right. care? Because we usually start caring about yep. other decisions, like the lesser ones, right? Yes. And we'll create all kinds of problems for ourselves because we're deciding wrongly in so many cases. But really, if we just make that first decision, our life would be a lot simpler. Yeah, I mean, Jesus talks about, you know, to to it's more would be given, more is expected. You know, like we're not going to be really entrusted with bigger decisions until we can be entrusted with the smaller decisions that we make. You know, mm-hmm. we'll continue to make bad decisions if we're bad decision makers. And we really won't be entrusted with much in our life when it comes to that, with with growing, with moving forward. And I, I talk a lot maybe to younger people, younger adults, and I'll ask them this question. is like, how did that happen? And they're like, I don't know. I just kind of ended up in that situation. It's like, well, tell me about your decision-making process. Now, I'm not even talking about discernment. We're going to get into that mm-hmm. because there's an art of discernment when it comes to those of us who, who are actively seeking God, want God to lead us in specific decisions. Like, do I get married? Do I discern which vocation? Do, you know, which job should I take? You know, when we get into what I call in discernment, the decision between two goods. Good decision-making that we're talking about right now is simply the ability to just choose the good over the not good, Yeah. right? To not be foolish in our decision-making, right? So if I'm going to go on a date, not, not to you know, be unchaste. Like the good decision is to stay pure, right? Mm-hmm. And people find themselves doing foolish things simply because they're not living those decisions out of relationship with God. So they're they're constantly just using their their own judgment to do things. Yeah. I mean, but what do you do with that? Because I think and and I've seen this a ton as you have is that you have situations where people can't seem to get out of that rut. Right. And like they want to, you know, we want to follow Jesus with our whole heart and all these things, but then there's this all this other stuff distracting us. What have you found is effective for people to actually have that change of heart to invite God into all those circumstances. Well, you know, here's the reality is if you've always if you always do what you've always done, you always get the same results, mm-hmm. right? 
And I think what happens with people is as they begin to mature, they realize everything, what I've been doing is not working and I need to do something different. Like, like there's got to be a better art of decision making so that I can have better results in my life, right? And so what ends up happening is they begin to think out their decisions before they're in the situation. Mm-hmm. So what's really hard about good decision making is you can't wait to the last minute to make the decision. What I tell people is you have to think about your yes and your no before you're in the situation. Uh, yeah. Right. And so if you're going on a date, you got to know your boundaries and what you're saying yes and what you're saying no to. If you're if you're going out and you're getting grabbing a drink, right, you got to know what you're saying yes and what you're saying no to ahead of time so that when you're in the situation, you make a wise decision. Right. Um, If you're going to be in a class and you're tempted to cheat, you got to know ahead of time what your yes and what your no is going to be. I think what ends up happening is that foolish people make decisions in the moment that they regret. Wise people think about it ahead of time so that they can make the logical decision in the emotional moment. Mm -hmm. That's great. I love that. So that's the challenge for all of us, whether we're young, whether we're a young adult or adult, is we we can't rely on ourselves to make decisions in the moment because when we're emotional or when we're tempted, when we're when we're uh, peer pressured, when we're around people who aren't supporting our decisions, we, we simply will will lean to the to the foolish one. We got to think it out ahead of time so we know what decision we'll make before we're in that situation. Right? I love it. So that leads us into once we begin to say, you know, I want to be a wise person. I want to make good decisions. How do we discern um, decisions that are in front of us that are actually important? Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, I can eat almonds or gushers and I might die earlier because I eat (laughs) gushers my whole life. If I eat almonds, I'll be healthier and I might live longer. But it but the reality is, is like eating, you know, it's not necessarily like, you know, a huge decision. Right. The Mm -hmm. difference between almonds and gushers. The bigger decisions come in life, though, that we've we're faced do I get married or do I don't? Do I take this job or do I not? Do I move or do we not? Um, you know, uh, where do we send our kids to school and how, how do we school? Uh, who specifically do I marry as I'm dating this person? There, there are decisions in our lives that drastically affect the trajectory of where we're going, right? And, yeah. and we face those decisions. We face them all the time, people who are listening. How do you go through a process of good discernment in those decision making that's what i'm talking about yeah and it's so important because really there's i think there's a temptation to boil christianity down to good decision making as long as you make good decisions and you're a good person like that's all god wants of you Mm -hmm. but actually no you know like god wants to be a part of those decisions and that's where christian decisions are made which are always with the lord always in discernment right in communication with the church so i'm not just by myself trying to figure it all out, like I'm talking to pastors and getting mentors. Right. And and that's where the Lord wants us to be. Yeah, so I want to go through that. So Let's do the, it. The first challenge is this, is that we need to be in relationship with God. So if you're not actively living or trying to live in relationship with God in an active prayer life, my challenge to you would be start that prayer life. Okay, start being active in your relationship with God through an active prayer life, through going to church, through, um, you know, uh you know, integrating your life into the life of the sacraments, start there. Because it, what happens a lot of times is people have a big, big decision, and then all of a sudden they're like, God, what do you want me to do? And God's like, I haven't heard your voice 
in a long time. Like mm -hmm. we don't talk and then all of a sudden you're coming to me. I don't think God holds back grace. So I'm not saying that. Right. What I'm saying is discernment takes practice on our part, not on God's part. Yeah. The art of, of listening and hearing God has nothing to do with, with, with God. God's there. God's talking. God's seeking. God's pursuing us. It's we're not used to hearing God and being sensitive to God's will in our life because we haven't been active in this relationship with him. Yeah. And I think the saints give us that example of the decisions. It's not that they made better decisions than the rest of us, right? But when you achieve a holiness relationship with God where he really is your everything, mm -hmm. then whatever the decision is, you and God will go into that situation together. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like marriage. You're not going to make 100% of the right decisions all the time, but right. if you're always together in it, then you're going to have a happy, healthy marriage no matter what the outcome of such and such decision. Right, because the goal of decision-making is unity. Whether you're a married couple or you're single, the reality is unity with God is the most important thing. So here's step number one in the art of discernment and decision-making is have an active prayer life. Mm -hmm. And in that active prayer life, bring that specific decision to God in prayer and begin to pray about it and with it in relationship with God. So it's no longer, um, here's what I want to do. We're shifting the question saying, God, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. Right? So we're bringing God into the conversation. We're bringing God into the active, you know, discernment of praying about this specific decision. Yeah. And he does, he, he shows up. He does. He does. Now it's his own timing. Like we may, it may not get immediately, uh, a, a decision right away, um, but that's the starting point, right? Yeah. A good a good discernment cannot happen without that, without that prayer relationship with the Lord that's sustained over time. Right. Which leads to happen. step number two, which I kind of mentioned it, is this. So you pray and you ask. Ask God specifically. Mm -hmm. So Scripture says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. Uh, be persistent in prayer, Scripture tells us. So ask God to to be a part of this decision-making process and ask God which one, uh, which decision he wants you to make. So say, say you're praying about two different jobs. They're both good. So one of the lessons that I've learned in discernment, you've learned, is true discernment is a decision between two goods, not a good and a bad. Mm -hmm. Decisions between a good and a bad is just good decision-making, which we've talked about. Discernment is between two goods goods. God, which decision do you want me to make between these two jobs? They're both good. Uh, these two houses, these two schools, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Uh, you know, th these two situations, those are both good. So God, which one do you want for me? Right? So we have to ask specifically for God's grace and help in making the decision. Yeah. And he'll respond either externally to where one of those good options is taken away and we had no control, so now the only one left must be that. Right. Or internally to where for some reason we're drawn mm -hmm. with a certitude towards a particular path. Right. But either way, I, I mean, I've never known God to not show up in that way when, when I'm willing to give him a decision like that. Yeah, and how he'll speak, you know, it's different for everyone. Like you said, he may just remove one and place the other one right in front of you. He may give you peace with one. Mm -hmm. and not with the other, right? You know, people ask me, how do you know you were called to marriage? It's, well, first of all, I just, you know, ask God to guide me in my discernment for my vocation, you know? And and I remember there was a point in, in, you know, just my active prayer life. I don't remember the day or the moment, 
but there began to be a deep desire and peace for for marriage. It doesn't mean that the vocation to the priesthood was bad. It, it, it It's great. I wasn't specifically called to it, and I knew that I wasn't because I was drawn to marriage in such a way that, that I had a deep peace mm-hmm. about it that I was just like, there's no doubt now. I know that I know. And for me, you know, I, I considered the path to the priesthood what it would look like, and I lacked peace in following that exact path. And so for me, it wasn't so much, oh, I'm not going to be a priest, but at least right now on this path, this isn't what God wants for me. Then about a year later, I was engaged, but that was a different journey. But but you're right, like there's a presence of peace in God's will, and, and a lot of times there's also a lack of peace. Yep. When it gets concrete, I can do this or I can do that. And so we need to pay attention to that lack of peace or not fully comfortable with, with a scenario. Yeah. Here's the beauty of God in discernment. If discernment's between two goods. If we choose whatever good we choose, God's grace is there and blesses us. Yeah. Right? He's so, still with us. So if, I, if for some reason, like I chose priesthood in my vocation, that's a that's a good and mm-hmm. and God's grace would have been there if if for some reason you know I would have chose a different major in college over another major they were both good right see God's grace is so good to us that he that that the decisions are between two goods and God can use it so it's not like God's up in heaven he's like oh you made the wrong decision right you choose you chose the lesser of the two goods and therefore you're you're going to fail at this yeah I think you're touching on a deep-seated fear of a lot of people today is that we always think our relationship with God boils down to me making such and such decision correctly. Yeah. Where our relationship is so much bigger than that. It is, and God's so much bigger than that. And God loves us too much to uh, let us just sink in this pit of, of constantly worrying about discerning things correctly in a sense that when we live in relationship with God and we truly do desire to follow him, Whatever path we choose in wanting to do good, to know good, to live good with God, God's grace is there with us. When God's grace isn't with us is when we shut God out Mm -hmm. of the decision-making, out of our life, and say, God, I'm doing this on my own. I don't care what you think. I am going rogue on this. I'm solo. That's when we shut off the font of God's grace working in our life. Yeah, And it could have been the same decision God would have told us. Like, let's say I decide to get married, but I'm going to have a marriage that I want to have, whereas I could have had a godly marriage the way he wanted me to have it. In other words, it's not the decision that's important. It's the relationship. It's the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it all goes back to relationships. So when you're discerning, it's not like you pray, ask, and then stop. It's constantly living out of this life of prayer. You know, so my wife and I are praying about a couple of discernment decisions now, and we don't have any answers. So is the answer to give up? The answer is just c- continue to go before the Lord and pray about it because I think timing is essential. Like mm-hmm. our timing is not always God's timing. And I think as humans, we get really impatient with that. So what we do is we either stop praying, we stop living continually in this relationship with God because we think that God's holding back, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We're disappointed in that relationship. Yeah. Cool. All I right. like step two. You like step two? Yeah. All right, so we got a couple more steps. We'll take a break. It's the Paul George Show. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care costs? 
Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul George, The Art of Living, in studio with Adam Conk. We're having a great discussion. Our show yeah. today is... I'm glad you decided on this topic. Decision-making and good discernment. So if you've missed part of the show, just go back and listen uh, to the show. It'll be up on podcast on the website, paulgeorge.la, iTunes, Google Play, the whole deal. You can go back and it. listen. And we talked about you know good decision-making versus discernment. So good decision-making starts first in a sense that it builds in wisdom in our life. When, when we actually want to be wise, we make good decisions, and that leads us into really wanting to allow God to be part of every decision that we make. And, and let me just say this. Sometimes we can overcomplicate that. There's some simple, easy decisions that we don't need to spend two weeks in prayer about, right? Yeah. Like if we're living in a relationship with God, we know right from wrong, so therefore we just choose the right thing over the wrong thing. That's being wise. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, analogously, I remember um, getting some marriage advice before I was married that, you know, you really have you have to go through a process of decision-making with your spouse over every decision over a certain level. Right. And I was like, well, okay. And so we try this for a while. And it's, it's like, you don't really necessarily. I mean, like, you learn to discern what the big ones are, the ones yes. that really affect your life. Right. And that your spouse will actually care about. And then you learn the ones that really just take too much mental and emotional energy to even worry about. Right. It's like, we're just going to eat here tonight. Or we're going to go to this movie. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, it's, it it's doesn't not, really... Right. It doesn't really. And make in our a walk with the Lord, difference. there are a lot of things like that, and we just have so much anxiety sometimes because we think, or we decide on something, and we think if we have to change that one day, you know, if I miss my daily rosary one day, or if I miss, you know, I forget to put my scapula on, like everything's lost. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, I, and you know, this is what I call. Sometimes we can over spiritualize a situation mm. or a decision. When we're living in a relationship with God, like then. We want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. We want to be wise. It's like, uh, you know, you don't stress over whether or not you ate at the wrong restaurant or you hung out with the wrong friends tonight. Like, as long as you're trying to do good, like, it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you, you let those things kind of go and just trust that, you know, you're doing the best you can, you're trying to make wise decisions. And when we begin to allow God to enter in our life and make wise decisions, that leads us in the ability to discern things correctly, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is where we get stuck a little bit. So we're going through some points on on good discernment. So the first, just to recap, was to pray and to ask and then to, to repeat those. So you pray, ask God to be a part of this, ask God to specifically be a part of this decision and hand them that decision. God, I want what you want more than I want what I want. Mm-hmm. And then we just live in that life of prayer and that, that decision that we have in front of us is placed in God's hands, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, love it. Yeah, so the next thing that I have is to seek godly counsel. Oof. And this is actually is a is an Old Testament, um, you know, th- this happens in the Old Testament where prophets would seek godly counsel or people would seek godly counsel. Th- this is where we, and, and this is important, we're not just seeking counsel, 
We're seeking godly counsel. We're seeking counsel from other people who are wise, who make wise decisions in their lives, right? So I'm not going to go to someone who's, you know, not wise and say, what do you think I should do in this situation? You think it's okay for me to uh, be unchaste in this relationship? And they'd be like, yeah, sure. It doesn't really matter what you do, you know, do whatever you want. Like I'm not seeking, I'm seeking wise people, godly counsel in this decision. And I'm going to specifically ask like, what would you do in this situation? Or what do you think about this situation? What do you think about these two jobs? What do you think about this move? What do you think about me in this vocation? Get people's godly opinion and feedback and write it down. Yeah. So important. So important. And we're not talking about like Judge Judy either, right? Like these are right. <laughs> people you actually know that are in your life that would care about you. And they know you. And they know you. And I experienced recently, you know, where... I mean, this happens to where that godly counsel is very important, but it, it just pairs so nicely with the prayer because exactly. when you have five different people or four different people from different points of view recommending something very similar that you're at peace with in prayer, well, then you're super confident in that decision. Exactly. And they're going to speak into your life. So you're not going to just take one person's opinion and say, well, so-and-so told me to do this. Yeah, don't do that. You're going to, you know, get four or five people, ask them their godly advice or counsel based on knowing you. And I, there were some big job decisions and moves that we have made in our life. And I would call people and ask them. And there are a couple of times where people would be like, I, I cannot see you in that specific job and role, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I would write that down, but I could see you doing this and that and yada, yada. It'd bring real clarity to our, to our discernment that we hadn't thought about people who cared about us, loved us. And were you know, obviously trying to live in a relationship with God as well. Yeah. Now, I think this is what we skip a lot of times is we don't want to seek people's counsel. We don't, we want to do things on our own and part of seeking Godly counsel is it helps form us. You know, we need mentors in our life. We need people walking with us. Mm -hmm. We need to admit that we don't have all the answers and we need help. Well, we need to be loved by people. You know, God designed us that way to where we don't have all the answers in life. There's nothing wrong with us because we right. don't have all the answers. That's human design. That's right. how God designed us so that we could love one another in that. Right. And so that we can be mentored by others uh, whether it's going to counseling or, or coaching or whatever, it's that speaks to the whole idea that God had between, behind the way we would develop into the saints God wants us to be. Right. I mean, every single saint of the church has that experience with someone else. Yeah. So, if, you know, if I talk to five, four or five people, what I would do is I'd write that stuff down, mm -hmm. and then I would look at what are the common denominators, you know, the, the things that are consistent that everyone's saying. And I'd kind of look at that and pray with it. You know, are there some consistent things that people are saying about this specific decision? You know, uh, if, if you're discerning marrying a specific person, other people might have a lot more yeah. insight than you do. They might be able to see things that you don't see, good or bad. Like yeah. they may be able to see good things in a person. You're like, wow, really? That's amazing. I didn't think about it. Or they might see some red flags and you're like, whoa. It's hard to listen to other people's red flags that they see in your life, but yeah, gosh, that's so important. It's huge, right? Because people care and you desire to make the better decision. So that would be the third step. I love it. So you pray in and you're asking again, seeking godly counsel, writing that down. And then the fourth step would be to simply, and this is practical, just weigh out the pros and cons of the decision. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So you want to sell your house 
and buy another one, right? Those are two good things. You know, I don't know what God says, but go through the process. Then weigh out the pros and cons. Is it financially better? Is it financially worse? You know, is it more space for your kids? Whatever you need, like specifically weigh out the pros and cons, this job or that job, yada, yada. Weigh out the pros and cons, and then what you'll see is maybe a consistent list that's following consistently with the godly counsel that you got. Yeah. And it's not so much like a cost-benefit analysis as much as putting before your eyes concretely the effect your decision will have. Mm -hmm. And again, bringing that to the Lord in prayer, right? So it's not like, you know, this thing where as long as there's more positives on on the decision than negatives, there might be one negative that God's telling you that is contrary to what I'm calling you to. Exactly. You know, the, in other words, the effect on my family, even though there's so many positives, the effect on my family might be enough for me to see this is not what, what I should be doing. Yeah. And if you're married, uh, my advice would be to do this together, go through this process yeah. together. So you might individually pray and ask and seek some counsel and weigh out pros and cons. But then you would also do that together, Right particularly in big decisions, you know? And so married couples, particularly a lot of times face really big decisions, moves, job changes, kids, you know, finances, all these things. And so sometimes we don't know what to do and we need to be together, obviously, in unity with God and each other in in making these decisions. And maybe another day we can talk about more like discernment in marriage. So you'd weigh out the pros and cons, okay, as your last, you know, practical step and then you would continue to pray and if there's a timeline on your decision and particularly is to ask God again to give you the peace and knowing the right decision based on those steps well I think you're you're saying something so important about the timeline of a decision because a lot of times we'll make a decision before it really needs to be made and if it, if it would have been another day or two days something would happen and it's like oh man I would have decided totally different. So to actually decide when it's time to decide, when we need to decide. Right. And again, not to keep all options on the table, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm just saying to give God time to move. Yes. God might have something around the corner that you can't see, and so we need to give him as many hours as he needs to reveal to us what his will is. Yes. Right. So sometimes we need more time, Mm -hmm. and maybe that more time is God didn't give you an answer. So mm-hmm. don't make a decision, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need to put a timeline on the decision, right? Maybe it's a job change or a move, and we're kind of faced with a deadline. And we're asking, you know, for clarity and peace on that decision before we have, you know, <laughs> have to make the decision, right? Yeah. And then sometimes we could say, you know, Lord, I'm moving forward until you tell me no, right? I'm, I'm saying yes on this decision until you tell me no. Close the door. Like Mm -hmm. raise the red flag for me to know this isn't the right thing and give me peace in moving forward in the process, right? And I know God operates in our lives differently when we're discerning and in our relationship with God. And for me, a lot of times, like doors would just shut. Yeah. Like the opportunity or the situation or the conversation would just end, like it would be gone. Yeah, and that's why part of the art of this discernment is learning how to wait. Yeah. And just listen versus be proactive and get it done because we're antsy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's hard for me to say because I, I struggle with that, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think in our humanness, we want things right now, 
tomorrow or mm-hmm. yesterday, right? And again, God's timing is certainly different than ours, and patience in the process is crucial, right? But, you know, if I'm counseling a, a couple that's discerning, you know, marriage and they're dating, and they've been dating, say, they're adults, and they've been dating for six years, I'm like, okay, you guys have been pushing this too long. I mean, yeah, you know, you, that you, is a thing. Yeah. You're waiting for God to come down from heaven and speak to you. Like, you have to get practical with your timeline mm-hmm. because. You know, your deci- if you don't make a decision, then you, the decision's just sitting there forever. So that's why it's like, okay, Lord, we're saying yes until you tell us no. Right. So there's some decisions that we can just keep putting off and putting off and putting off. And God's, you know, saying, you know, I just want you to make a decision to move forward, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like you said in the beginning, I think this is, in my life, this has been huge, is that if we can do this process that you just described of praying and of asking and seeking counsel and then weighing pros and cons with, with little decision in the sense, I mean little in the sense that the ramifications are not huge for our life, then it takes it really does take the pressure off of the big decisions. Even though they're big, we just trust Jesus so much more because we're used to this process. And that makes for a happier life, not just for us, but our whole family, everybody we're involved in, because the sh- we, we have no idea how much stress decision-making has on us. Right. But it's huge. And yep. so the confidence in the Lord, why, why are the saints so happy? What's, what's all this joy that some people have that have the weight of the world on their shoulders? It's Jesus. Right. And here's my encouragement to you as we kind of close this out is if you've made some really foolish decisions, here's the good news is that God loves you and calls you back and can take your foolishness and can move you into a life of wisdom, can forgive you and love you and do all those things. If you're stressing over decisions, big decisions, and you desire to do good, here's the encouragement is that God will bless your desire to do good, even if you don't choose the greater of the good. Mm -hmm. God knows your desire in your heart, and he'll give you the grace in that decision that you made to move forward, right? And if you're seeking God in all things, God's going to take care of you. He's going to be with you. Uh, and we just have to sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, trust that God's taking care of us, even when we don't feel like he's there or the decision or the, the process is moving at the pace that we want it to. Mm-hmm. Cool show, man. Yeah. So anyway, you can get the show, uh, paulgeorge.la, um, iTunes, um, Google Play, all those things. Look at the discovertheartofliving.com. Uh, you can uh, support the ministry. Uh, you can support the podcast, the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Share the show. And thanks, Adam, for being here. Thank you, Paul. Art of Living. Paul George. We'll be back next week. God bless. God bless.